As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Well, thanks for being here for another episode of Financial Choices Matter. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Scott, fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management, serving you in the Scottsdale area. You can find him online at pelotoncapital.com. Hey, Charles, how are you doing this week? I am good. How are you, Walter? Very glad to hear that. I am well and looking forward to our conversation today. Lots to get to as we're going to be talking about risky but also very popular investments coming up in a couple of minutes. Really looking forward to this conversation. So have you uh, been involved in cryptocurrencies or marijuana stocks even, some of these other types of risky but popular investments out there? We'll tackle that conversation and more coming up on today's show. But first, it's time to answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Our question comes to us this week, Charles, from Hank in Phoenix. And Hank's question is, if my primary retirement concern is taxes down the road, does that mean all of my retirement savings should be going into Roth? As always, Hank, I have to say, it's not quite enough information to give you a really good answer and complete answer. I'm a big believer in Roth, whether it's in Roth IRA or whether if you've got a 401k through work and you might have a Roth component, a Roth 401k choice inside your 401k plan. To me, if I pay the tax now and I get done and I never have to pay a tax again, and that's the advantage of a Roth, you don't get to deduct it, but you never have to pay tax on it again. That to me just makes way more sense. And I don't know, I don't know, Hank, how old you are. I don't know if you're old enough to remember the old Fram air filter commercials on television because their byline always was, you know, you can pay me now or pay me later. And I always thought, you know, that that was really catchy. And especially when it comes to this whole tax idea of retirement, if you got a traditional IRA, you're going to, you got to deduct it going in, but now it grew and it's worth way more theoretically. And you're going to pay tax on, on the way more part of it as it comes out. My contention is let's just make sure that we, uh, have maybe a fair amount in either kind of a retirement account, some of it taxable income down the road, some of it not taxable income down the road, balance that out a little bit. But there's been a lot more focus over a long period of time for people to just defer your taxes to later. And that's fine if your tax rates are going to be lower later. But the Roth idea is one that's catching on more and more and more in the financial planning world just because of the expectation that there's the likelihood that taxes are going to go up in the future. They may or they may not, but if you've paid it now and it's worth more later and you take it out, why wouldn't you just want to not have to worry about it anymore? You know, that's one of the driving forces between a lot of the planning that we try to do for people is make sure they understand the the, the costs and the benefits of, of doing it both ways, because there's not an absolutely right answer. People kind of always want to know that this idea always works for everybody and that just doesn't happen. But in this context, if you've got a Roth choice and you, you, know, you meet the criteria for that contribution, then the younger you are, even the more important it is. We have young daughters that are both working and they have a 401k plan and both of their employers and they've got their money going into the Roth because they're young enough that just get it over with today and you never have to worry about it in the future tax wise. So that's, I hope, Hank, what you were looking for. 
And that's sort of our take on that whole idea. Well, I know we're going to be talking some more about risk in a moment, but it sounds like essentially one thing a Roth can do for you is eliminate that risk of the taxes in the future. So if you you really kind of want to get some risk off the table or at least want to answer one of those unknowns, do some people find comfort, Charles? And hey, at least I know what I'm going to pay in taxes today if I go ahead and convert versus, you know, leaving it to the unknown later on, even if it might be financially wise to do so. Yeah. I mean, it. it I got what you want to say. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. That's the saying that was uh, coming to de- mind. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and if devils are taxes and taxes are devils, then uh, why not just get it out of the way? Never have to worry about it again. Good point, and uh, something to think about, certainly. Great question, uh, Hank. Thank you for submitting that one. If you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future show of Financial Choices Matter, you can certainly do that at pelotoncapital.com. Remember, that's Peloton with two L's, pelotoncapital.com. I mentioned we were going to talk about some risky but popular investments on today's show, and, you know, it's kind of funny when you think about this, Charles. Some of the most popular things, whether they be popular is defined by how many people are investing in them or just how much it's being talked about at the water cooler, they end up being the most risky things. And I guess high risk has high reward, thus creates lots of buzz around these different things. I thought I'd bring up a couple of ones to discuss on the podcast today. Let's start with one that's certainly been in the news a lot. You've probably seen it labeled as Bitcoin. That's one type of cryptocurrency. What do you think about that risky but popular investment? The Bitcoin fervor that was a few months ago was, I think, really interesting. And when it all took off, I thought, okay, I need to do a little bit of research because I know somebody's going to ask, and I better at least have some kind of a reasonable response. I went on and did some reading. There was a local attorney that actually did a workshop one night, and I went to that because he was he really knew a lot about it. As I would have expected, uh, a, a few people called and said, well, what do you think? And I asked them very simply, tell me what you know about it. And I got just dead silence on the other end. You know, it's like, well, that's why I'm calling you. I said, you don't understand how it works. Do you understand what it is? Well, no. I said, then why in the world are we even going to talk about investing in it? If you don't, if you don't even have a rudimentary knowledge of what the heck it is, Hmm. if you can't explain it to me, there's no way in the world. If you're saying, hey, I love these exchange traded funds and I want to go do this or do that. And I want to, you know, I want to invest on a a non-US, then that obviously tells me you have some sense of what you're talking about when it came to the cryptocurrency stuff. And everybody thought it was just Bitcoin. Nobody paid any attention to the fact that there were dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And so, you know, everybody kind of went, oh, okay, well, if I can't explain it, I guess we really, there's nothing else to talk about. And I said, well, that's my whole point. But the thing that was interesting about them, and I'm digressing from the cryptocurrency issue itself, was they're built on on blockchain technology. And without getting too into the weeds on this, because I will be perfectly candid and say, I'm not sure I understand it, other than everything I've read about it says that's the big deal of the whole cryptocurrency thing, is the technology under underneath it that allows these cryptocurrency transactions to occur. And blockchain, to me, is the underlying investment opportunity that truly exists. It's in its infancy, and there are three or four or five exchange-traded funds now that have come out that are built around all of this blockchain technology. And there's small startup companies that are doing it. There's also huge companies like Walmart and companies like that that are trying to figure out how do we, can we gain some advantage by using this technology to help us in the transactions of, and this is where it gets a bit vague for me to be perfectly honest, but you know that's the place to focus on. And is there a risk in that just as well as there is in cryptocurrency? Oh, for goodness sakes, yes. But 
I just think that was that's what I came to conclude was, oh, well, this is the really interesting part of the whole cryptocurrency Bitcoin thing. And someday in the future, if you ask me again, Walter, I'll tell you the story of a what I heard here from somebody that got taken in the Bitcoin world, which is it's cute, but it takes too long to tell. <laughs> look, so, look forward to that one day, though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so well, if well, you don't know what if you don't know what it is in the cryptocurrency world, if you don't understand even vaguely what it is, then don't call me an ass because I'm not, <laughs> not going to talk about it. You got to have some sense of why you might want to invest in it. And I also know somebody that knew somebody that, who did it in the very, very, very early stages, made millions of dollars, cashed in and went away. And so it did work for some people. It still could work. I don't know. Yes. Does it sound cool? Does it sound sexy? Absolutely. But if you don't understand it, you need to have some sense of what you're doing before you just jump in. Yeah, go into it eyes wide open and understand the risk that's certainly inherently involved in something like cryptocurrencies. And is it the most appropriate thing for somebody to be investing in if you're, you know, let's say a year or two away from retirement or already retired? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, I mean, good grief. What what, what for, part of that money is it coming from, right? The one that's going to be paying well, the bills or your your 2%, you know, fun money account? That's a different yeah, story. And if it's the fun money, I can afford to lose all of it. I don't care. Let's just see what happens kind of thing. So anyway, that was an interesting exercise. And then I, you know, would say, okay, so who regulates it? Well, I don't know that anybody does. I said, well, then that's a problem for me in some respects, but <laughs> that's a pretty good point. <laughs> an too. advisor mm -hmm. regulated by everybody. Anyway. <laughs> Another layer of complication, for sure. We'll switch gears from that just slightly. Kind of funny to be talking about it, but hey, marijuana stocks have created a lot of buzz as more and more states move to legalize recreational use of marijuana, but yet federal rules uh, are still very kind of muddy and unclear about the whole subject. We're, we're certainly in a state of flux in kind of the, the nationwide opinions on marijuana, it seems. So these different companies have been popping up. Now there's marijuana stocks you can invest in. What's the your reading on those? Is that an emerging market that's worth the risk? I honestly, I, in fact, that was interesting because I had a handful of clients call and say, what do you think? And I said, well, I've, you know, again, I've done something new comes up. You have to go out and find out what the heck is going on. And it is a little difficult to decide. I mean, there are some big companies and I'm not making any kind of an investment recommendation here at all. That's the, you know, the standard disclaimer. But there are some big companies that are out there that are involved in this. And there's also some little tiny companies you've never heard of. And there's a whole bunch of them in Canada because that seems to be where a lot of emphasis, and I can't remember if Canada just did vote. I think the Senate in Canada passed uh, legalizing recreational marijuana, but I don't know that the rest of that has totally become law or okay in Canada yet. And yet, as you said, Walter, there are some states where it is. Yeah, I think it's real interesting. I think there's two schools of thought. We've got some experience with a lot of people in the mental health and therapy world. The vast majority of them, at least leading up to the last couple of years, have always felt that marijuana was just a a gateway drug to worse things. There's also some very significant medical advantages and some assistance that is provided and relief from pain and discomfort that marijuana can provide. So it's a it's a really tricky proposition. And I think, again, it's one of those things where you need to know what the risks are. You need to at least have some understanding and you need to not expect this to be a home run and not expect it to be from an investment point of view and not expect it to you know, not be gigantically volatile over time. And if you can absorb that and understand it, then I think it's real interesting. I mean, I think it's a real intriguing place to look because if you'd have bought tobacco when it was first created and it became a commercial, you know, entity, it's that same kind of idea, I think. 
So, you know, again, it's one of those things. And then the whole banking component of it becomes a really complicated because, as you said, Walter, the federal government says it's not legal federally. And mm-hmm. so the banking, so you've, you've, the financial end of this has had to be shifted over to the credit unions, state credit unions and state chartered banks because most federal banks won't touch this with a 10-foot pole. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I think it's worth maybe taking a slight puff of something to see if it's a good investment idea, but not getting hooked yet. I, I, that's I, a bad, that's a bad pun. I'm sorry. I, I see where you're going with it though. I, pre, I applaud the effort. <laughs> uh, certainly. Well, I know on today's podcast, we're not going to, you know, spend uh, several more minutes diving into, you know, lots of other risky, but popular investments, but I'll just throw a few out there that we're not going to dive into at the moment, but you know, it's not just cryptocurrencies and marijuana stocks, but we could throw things like foreign currencies or metals, gold and silver. I, that's an interesting debate for another day, maybe oil stocks or initial public offerings, trading options, all these kinds of things are very popular. They're talked about on the, on the radio, or you see commercials on TV for some of these products. But the overarching thing is they're very risky investments to be involved with as well. So kind of as a concluding question for you, Charles, how do you point clients in the right direction when they do have that desire of high returns? Maybe it's not for that baseline money that's going to be, okay, this is what's going to pay the water bill. But if they want to have that focus on, you know, I want to make sure I'm getting a good return for my money, but they're hesitant about, you know, what levels of risk they're exposed to. How do you help them thrive in that kind of environment? Well, if they're looking for a no-risk guaranteed, going to hit a home run every time, that's just not going to happen. That doesn't exist because if it did, everybody would do it. I think you need to understand what your risk tolerance is. I think it makes a big difference in how you define that. I think if you're taking some money that you want to sort of work around the edges of the core investments that your portfolio might hold, then I think those ideas that we that, that we expanded on a little bit more today and the other ones that you mentioned, Walter, are really interesting ideas. You just need to know what risk is involved, what the potential return is, and you you know you need to have some balance in there so that you don't have everything that you've got. And this you're always investing with one foot out the door. If this doesn't work, and you need to define what it means to not work. Stuff doesn't work all the time. You think it's a really good idea. We've always said to people when we've made investments on their behalf, I, you know, I've never made a bad investment. Sometimes they just didn't turn out like I thought they would, <laughs> but I never consciously chose a bad one on purpose. You just don't know. Nobody can predict the future. So I just think it's balancing things out and not putting all, don't put all your eggs in one basket. There's a whole bunch of old tried and true sayings that really do hold true. And that's why they're applicable and appropriate in so many situations. Just understand the risk involved. You can always put some more in if it starts to work, but you still need to know what happens if it doesn't work. What do I do? And I, I always counsel people, you need to know what you're going to do if it works really well or if it doesn't work at all. When do you get out? If you don't know when you're going to get out before you get in, then don't get in. Yeah. Yeah. If you're ever trying to time, you have to be right twice. You have to be right getting in and getting out. You can't just be right once in that equation. So good guidance, as always, from Charles Scott, fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management. If you are new to the podcast, I'll offer you a great idea. Give a call to Charles and the team. If you're in the Scottsdale area, easy to come by, say hello, have a conversation about your financial plan. The number to call is 480-513-1830. Again, that's 480 413 
1830. And you can always find us online as well at pelotoncapital.com. That's pelotoncapital.com. We appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Hope you enjoyed it and got some good guidance and advice when it comes to risky but those popular investments. For Charles Scott, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on Financial Choices Matter. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.